Hello and welcome to part two of The Physics of Consciousness by Ivan Antic, brought to you today with Transcending Ascension and Spirit Mom. Here we go. This is part two, so if you have not heard part one, go check out and find part one. Since the quantum field at its base is an energy wave, it oscillates and is never the same. Different oscillations or fluctuations in their original state, the so-called minimum principle for indefinite mean field-free energies, further create new deviations and even bigger changes spreading out more and more. Minor differences of vibrations in the quantum field in the beginning create tiny and afterwards much bigger differences in the forming of subatomic particles, and then even greater differences in the forming of atoms and greater atomic structures. The bigger and more complex the, their structures and the greater their distance from the original source in the quantum field, the greater is their density and materiality. This growth and creation of complex structures away from the source happens in accordance with the golden section or fractal ge geometry. It is visible in everything from the DNA, DNA strand to galaxies. It is therefore the base of the overall nature of energy. Subatomic particles are above energy. By creating more complex structures from subatomic particles, atoms are constructed, and from these, the molecules in all of the inorganic and organic world is made. In this way, electromagnetic forces are at the foundation of the whole chemical and biological world, as well as of life itself. Physicists discovered soon enough that the quantum field is an energy phenomenon that is made up of energy vibrations in addition to which they can take on the type of quality that is expressed in the form of a material phenomenon too. However, the most puzzling discovery was the qu that the quantum field may manifest itself in the form either of a wave or a particle as energy or matter, depending not only on the interpretation of the observer, but on their presence and intention, too. When an observer, a human, is present during an experiment to prove that quantum energy is a particle, such a result follows suit, and quantum energy behaves like a particle. When an experiment is conducted to prove that quantum energy is a wave, once again the corresponding result is obtained. Conscious intention determines the result. This reveals something more profound than physical phenomena as such. Even more profound than electromagnetic force, it reveals the very nature of consciousness. It became apparent that behind the electromagnetic forces of the quantum field, there is consciousness that governs everything, governs the whole nature. But additionally, this is also the consciousness of the observer the human as the subject in the experiment. It was discovered that consciousness itself is the key factor in the phenomena of nature. A close tie between subatomic particles was proved to exist during the EPR paradox experiments, Einstein, Podolsky, Rosen, in which one atomic particle divided itself into two that go on inter acting with each other in what is known as quantum entanglement. The moment one 
property, physical magnitude, of a particle generated in this way is measured, at the same instant the identical property of a different particle acquires a complementary opposite value, aspect, 1980. Although the particles are spaced far apart, they behave as though they know instantly the properties of the other. This was called a paradox because it seemed that information between the two particles traveled at a speed exceeding the speed of light, which was regarded as impossible. This phenomenon was further explained by the existence of the quantum field, which is non-local, or more accurately, the same in every point of space and time, that connects the two points as if each point of the universe contains within itself the information of the entire universe. This was called the non-local communication of the quantum field. The same was applied to human DNA. The DNA of one person was divided and the parts were placed very distant from one another. When one was impacted simultaneously, the other remote part would react to the identical stimuli. They reacted as though they were still together, although they were not. This explains why a mother feels something odd happening to her child even though the children are far away. This connected connectedness functions not only in times of adversity, like injuries for instance, but when the child is happy and cheerful, and transfers this state onto their mother. All of this pointed to the fact that telepathic perception and many other occult phenomena could be explained by the nature of the quantum field. It appears that there is some field beyond the finest level of the phenomena of nature that interconnects all natural factors into one whole. This field was named the universal quantum field or matrix. It is beyond space and time and it contains within itself the potentiality or possibility for everything that exists as manifested in nature. If nature is the realm of manifested potentiality of everything that has manifested in space and time, the quantum field is the unmanifested realm of overall nature. The field of all manifestations, everything is contracted within it. That which was, which is, and which will be in any way possible. In the quantum field, all of this is contracted in a unity beyond space and time. Therefore, there is nothing new. There is only contraction within the unmanifested state of the quantum field, manifesting in space and time. Unmanifested and manifested are nothing but two states of the same phenomena. Subsection number six. On the universal field in modern physics, see the book by Greg Brenner, Divide Matrix, and Lynn McTaggart, The Field, The Quest for the Secret Force of the Universe. On the holographic paradigm, see the book by Michael Talbot, The Holographic Universe. On the quantum field as the implicate order, see the book by David Boehm, Wholeness and the Implicate Order, first published 1980. The science of Samkhya several thousand years ago similarly described the foundation of nature, Prakriti, as the unmanifested Avyaktam, absolute foundation of the entire universe, Prakriti, is the hidden or implicate order, a comprehensive unity of being outside of space and time. 
Samkhyaya is a theory of emanation because it suggests that from one eternal, non-casual, and indestructible foundation, everything emergent gets manifested in one irreducible interconnectedness and causality. In earlier times, this universal field was known by different names, such as Akasha or Ether. Some modern scientists called it the quantum soup. In a surge of inspiration, consciousness that is behind the quantum field, historical heritage used to refer to it as the divine consciousness. Physicists do not dare call it divine. Soup is a better characterization of their experience. Establishing the quantum field in its paradoxical nature, as well as the issue of the observer in the experiment, which proved that experimental results do not depend on the observer's interpretation, but on the presence of the observer himself, led scientists to a barrier they were no longer able to cross. They still stand there baffled, without a clear idea of what to do next, but come up with various hypotheses about what is beyond their standstill point. This barrier is their mind, the ancient science of Samkhya, which forms the basis of Patanjali's yoga, teaches that the barrier of the mind can be overcome. The mind must be transcended, and this scientific discipline is called meditation. However, contemporary science has not yet become a spiritual discipline, although by definition, science will have to become that naturally at some stage of its development. The subject of scientific research must be the subject who researches as well. The logic science is based on su suggests that the subject who knows must be known first in order for the remainder to be known correctly. Without an aware subject, science is not complete, and when it is incomplete, it may be destructive. Science is destructive to the point it neglects the nature of the conscious subject. Human essence, which cannot be understood from the outside as yet another object of research. This understanding has always been known under the rubric of self-knowledge. The quantum field is space containing only the particle. There is no multitude. Divine consciousness in the non-organic realm expresses itself as the quantum field, ether or akasha, that all dimensions of existence originate from. For the understanding of the quantum field, consciousness is crucial. This consciousness is, however, quite simple already present, and in no way different from existence itself. Otherwise, there would be no awareness of existence. The same way human self-awareness would not be an option. Therefore, we can neither separate the nature of existence from the nature of consciousness itself, nor consciousness from existence itself, and we cannot separate existence and awareness of existence from human self-awareness. 
At a certain moment in our existence, we became aware of some form of existence, either material or imaginary, close or distant, present or past or future. Our whole life, work, destiny, luck, and misfortune, we spend raising our level of consciousness. This is due to the fact that existence itself is in no way different from consciousness as such. In other words, divine consciousness manifests itself in the organic realm as consciousness in the human body. As the bodily consciousness, ego, mind, or reason, Indriyani, in the third part of this book, it will become self-evident how consciousness of the quantum field and human consciousness merge into self-consciousness and supreme divine wakefulness. Ahamkara and Mahatbuddhi. Following consciousness of existence itself, we will use the simple logic to understand existence as such. Existence is that which ex exists always as the foundation of everything. That exists. That which is imperishable and absolute. Everything that exists has some wider base it rests on. Some cause, the widest base that could ever be is the absolute, or being in Platonic philosophy. Its definition is completedness. Nothing is possible outside, aside, or without it. Unconditionality also because the absolute enables everything else into existence. The absolute, therefore, has divine properties. It also has the characteristics of space, or what provides the space itself within which everything that exists can exist. Although the absolute is without properties, spaciousness is as close as it comes to our nation of understanding the concept. We can imagine the divine absolute as the empty space in which there is absolutely nothing. As such, it is unmanifested, unexpressed, unaware of itself and its potentials. This state would be almost like non-existence. However, non-existence is by definition an impossibility. It creates the paradox of existence itself. If the divine absolute remained unmanifested, it would remain as nothing or voidness, and nothing or voidness cannot exist. This paradox creates tension in the divine absolute and forces it to manifest itself, a manifestation that will at the same time be awareness of itself and of all of its possibilities. The divine absolute expressed itself in the simplest possible way, directly as its opposition, because there was no other option. Opposition is the pure endless space, which is filled with absolutely nothing. Opposition is this void becomes one single particle. Let us name it adequately, the divine particle. With no religious associations, it was indefinitely small, with indefinitely big potential. 
As such, it was the opposite of the indefinitely big and indefinitely empty space. Divine particles that we will argue here is in reality only the virtual opposite to the unconditioned voidness of the divine absolute. It is in no way different from the absolute. It is just its imagination, with which it expresses itself in all of its possibilities. It has no mass and nothing affects it. It is as unconditioned as the divine absolute itself. Subsection 7. The expression we use here, the divine particle, has nothing in common with the book The God Particle, 1993, written by Leon M. Letterman and Dick Teresi. It is mainstream science. The divine particle mentioned here is the closest to Isulidian geometry, which has no dimensional properties, but has all the properties of the absolute in its divinity. A similar idea was put forth by the author of Basic Logical Reasoning on Three-Dimensional Physical Reality. You slid in his work, Elements, Euclidean Geometry, is not a standard mathematical system, but a mathematically formulated Platonic philosophy of ideas. In Elements, Euclid defines a point as that which has no part. It is in effect the occult, alien definition of being or the absolute. According to this teaching, being the absolute is that which has no part. In that respect, a point is a geometric notion of the continuum of wholeness. A point is a non-spatial entity because space without dimensions is inconceivable. And this definition of the point coincides with the metaphysical notion of being or the absolute divine. This is also the same singular point that in the imagination of physicists existed before the alleged Big Bang. The story is further developed in various directions, the first one being the scientific materialistic mind and the corporate elite that financed them and determined what science and scientific are and are not with a theory that was further developed in which this divine particle exploded into the Big Bang that created the entire cosmos, making it spread out to this day due to the intensity of the blast, and will consequently at some very distant point in the future begin to crunch once the full swing of expansion wears out. They consider this point to be the point of origin of the myriad subatomic particles that, with their mutual reactions, create far more complex constructs, including a multitude of atoms and molecules and all the material universe. Subsection 8. The theory of the Big Bang and the theory of relativity were imposed on academic circles and the entire world by the elite that had a personal interest in hiding the truth about ether and the quantum field, all of which were proved in practice by Nikola Tesla. By hiding this truth, the possibility of getting a limitless supply of free energy from ether, something Nick Tesla was in favor of, was also hidden from the public view. 
This cover-up had justifications in the fact that people of the age were nowhere close to an awareness of themselves as a precondition for the awareness of the true nature of reality, and with these were worthy of the free and limitless energy and supply. To give an unconscious man something like that would prove to be a tragic mistake, given the amount of energy an unconscious human invests in making their illusions come true, illusions that are too often destructive by nature. Enlightened people tell a different story altogether. Although they do not do it through science, instead they see reality for what it is. Namely, all enlightened people point to one thing. There is nothing outside the divine absolute. Everything that exists and manifests into everything that can be manifested also manifests the awareness of existence. And this same awareness is the awareness we have of ourselves and the world around us. They say there is no multitude, but only unity, that God or the Absolute never lost itself, but is at all times the one who is here and now in everything as everything that is. Whatever happened to the divine particle if it did not explode in the Big Bang? Nothing has ever happened to it. We should simply understand its nature. As a contrast to the Absolute itself, a being in the Absolute has all the potential within itself that the Absolute does. It can, as experiments with subatomic particles have proved, be in two places simultaneously. This also means in all places at once. Behave both as a particle and a wave of energy, and all of its forms are interconnected in non-local communication. In other words, creation is instant and absolute, not linear. This divine particle has properties that by far exceed the space of light. Speed that exceeds the speed of light has also been proven, but the evidence is kept in the dark and away from public view. These are the so-called scalar or non-Hertzian waves considered to be millions of times faster than the speed of light, which means they are practically instantaneous. The divine particle vibrates at scalar waves, and that is why it appears and acts in several places at the same time. It appears and acts in all possible places simultaneously. It does so continuously, momentarily, and simultaneously, by appearing in all possible forms. It cannot be still because its purpose is to be the reflection of all the potentiality of the divine absolute. Since the absolute is not limited by space or time, its virtual particle needs no time to manifest itself, nor is it conditioned by space. The momentary appearance in several locations simultaneously to steer it in the physical body seems like they are dealing with a large number of particles, as though they 
created a multitude of various atoms and elements as objects in space and time. It only appears that way because their speed is much faster than the speed of mind, of perception, and of light itself. It is instantaneous. On a gross level, vibrations of some divine particle create formations that affect other more complex particles and atoms. But the emergence of atoms and molecules is nothing but a grosser aspect of the vibrations from the one same particle. This deeper level below the subatomic particles was named the quantum field. Therefore, the energy of the quantum field is scalar in nature, momentary and universal and independent of space and time. The illusion of the multitude of elements and subjects the entire cosmos is filled with is created by only one divine particle. Due to its speed being far greater than the speed of light and its characteristic of reflection instantly, like a mirror, all the possibilities of the divine absolute, like when one big spot spins around in a circle and we see the circle as a result. Because of the limitations of our perception, we do not see this full circle as an illusion made up of only one point. In the same way, it looks like the artist using one brush only to paint a picture in all directions, using all the colors. In the same way, the Divine Absolute creates the whole world with one particle only. A particle not in the real sense of the world word, but as a momentary reflection of the Divine Absolute in all its details and possibilities. In this way, we can see there is no multitude. This is the ultimate truth behind all the stories of unity, of the connectedness of everything into one, and the connectedness of everything with God. It is the background of the Advaita Vedanta and Buddhist teachings of the momentariness of creation, the only objective teachings on the nature of reality in this world. In the system of Samkhya, the divine absolute that is the subject of the matter here is Purusha, whereas the divine particle is Prakriti.